most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. Ooh, my goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Welcome to the Week 13 Fantasy Flex Podcast presented by Prize Picks. I am your host, Chris Raybon, with my dude, as always, Sean Kerner. Sean, hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. What's going on? Likewise, and I'm still uh, eating leftovers, so it's still technically Thanksgiving for me. I got about one more day of uh, leftovers, but um, yeah, how was how was New York? How was Thanksgiving for you? I mean, it was good. I think I I think I'd still rather have been in Cali, though. I mean, you know, the weather. Yeah, I would have loved there. for you to try my in-laws' stuffing, where they use uh, Italian sausage instead of turkey. I don't like turkey, by the way. So for, for th- yeah, right. Uh, does anybody really like turkey? So uh, for Thanksgiving, I usually eat ham and um, their stuffing. They they don't use turkey. They use Italian sausage bomb. So uh, too bad you weren't uh, able to come over and try it up. Maybe next time. A lot of crazy things going down uh, it, around the NFL uh, in terms of injuries and whatnot. So we'll get to waivers. Uh, but let's start, as always, with our Monday night football uh, showdown slate breakdown. We have the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, still can't manage to win a game going up against the Washington football team. People must be just so tired of the Seahawks at this point. Um, what are you thinking here in terms of the captain spot? Like, are, are you just fading all Seahawks and going straight to Washington? Or do you think they will bounce back uh, tonight? No, I think uh, Seattle will bounce back here. I hope they do because I have them plus one. Uh, I'm trying to avoid going... 0 for 5 this week on my <laughs> spreads and totals. Thank God I uh, uh, I had a winning week with player props, but I'm getting my ass kicked right now on sides and totals. So rooting for Seattle tonight. And I think, yeah, for the captain slot, I think this is the kind of slate where you, you definitely want one of these receivers. So Terry McLaurin or DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. Um, you can't go wrong with either one of those guys. I think they have the highest ceiling for a slate like this. So I'll probably be mixing and matching those guys. Um, or you could play, you know, Russell Wilson and then stack both Metcalf and Lockett. But um, I'm willing to, you know, attack the Seahawks here because I think Rust Wilson probably needed a couple games to, to get back in action. So, you know, I, I think the third game's the charm and I think he will break out tonight. So uh, that's why I'm investing in the Seahawks and we'll be playing plenty of, you know, Metcalf and Lockett tonight as well. I know the narrative is that, Russell Wilson came back too soon off the injury, but a lot of the problems with the Seahawks offense were kind of showing up even before you went down. I mean, they were really struggling on third down. Um, and so they, they didn't run, run many plays per game and uh, it was all kind of reliant on big plays and that's just continued. So uh, the good thing is Washington is dead last in third down conversion rate on defense. So this would be the game. And, you know, I think Tyler Lockett is, is a guy that should bounce back here. I mean, if you just look at what Seattle's been not doing on third down, you have Metcalf leading the team with 17 third down targets. Freddie Swain is number two at 14. And then Lockett and Gerald Everett combined have less than Freddie Swain. So I would think they try to get those guys more involved, especially uh, on third down. So, um, yeah, I think Lockett is, is for me. And, yeah, on the other side, 
Terry McLaurin's always uh, uh, always in play here. He's just so good. All right. Uh, what about for our DFS cheat codes, guys? Uh, a little further down the board uh, that you're looking at. Yeah. So, I mean, Washington is really tricky tonight with, you know, Curtis Samuel back in action, Logan Thomas as well. Um, so the receiving core is kind of murky uh, behind McLaurin. I think we can trust Logan Thomas. I think he's pretty much at full health and I, I could see him, you know, running around over 80% of the time. So I think he's in play. Um, but I think the way I'm, you know, kind of being sneaky with this slate is how I'm dealing with running backs. I think, you know, we have a handful of options tonight and I think, you know, I, I'm going to create stacks for the running back. So for a positive Seattle game script, so a game script where Seattle wins, um, I like stacking Alex Collins with JD McKissick. Um, you know, Collins is going to get way more work, uh, if, if Seattle, um, you know, wins this game. And then on the other side, JD McKissick, um, we'll see an increase in usage as he's the main uh, you know, pass catching back. And then, you know, I'll make some um, lineups where I'm expecting Washington to win. And that's, you know, I'm going to go with Antonio Gibson and stack him with DJ Dallas. Um, you know, Seattle's down to just DJ Dallas, um, Alex Collins, and someone named Josh Johnson. I don't even know who that is. But, um, you know, DJ Dallas will probably run her out over 50% of the time here. So I think he's the pass catching back. And, uh, you know, he would correlate nicely with a, a Washington win. So I think how you stack these running backs is the cheat code for me on, on this slate. Yeah, DJ Dallas is a guy who, I mean, they, they, they just don't like to play Alex Collins on, on, on passing down. Mm-hmm. So Dallas would get a lot of work if Seattle struggles. Uh, yet again and maybe they maybe they need to get the back more involved because that's another aspect that's really kind of been missing yeah. maybe they should have just kept jd mckissick a couple of years ago oh <laughs> true yeah revenge game right, right. About that. yeah and then it's, it looks like curtis samuel is coming back is that is that what you're yeah hearing? yeah but he, he's probably going to be limited yeah um like i have his routes run around like 40 percent. i don't think he's going to make a difference but it's it's just enough to cut in adam humphreys and deandre carter um, so it's it's kind of a mess, you know. They're going to be a touch on her bus, but yeah, I haven't playing, but being uh, pretty limited. Yeah, and then uh, you know, there's guys like like D Eskridge you expect to get more involved uh, yeah. at some point for Seattle, um, especially with Swain not really giving them much uh, of anything. So I'd, I'd kind of look out for him in these kind of slates uh, down the stretch. All right, now it's time here on the Fantasy Flex for a segment that we call Elite Entries, where Sean and I dive into the Prize Fix app. And compare our player projections to the props to build some entries. Sean, start us off with your prize pick lead entry for Monday Night Football's matchup featuring the Seahawks and the Washington football team. So I'm going under 19 and a half receiving yards for Adam Humphreys. Uh, you know, Curtis Samuel's returning tonight, and I think that's going to eat into Humphreys' playing time. So I'm projecting his routes run to be closer to the, you know, 50 to 60% range. Um, and Logan Thomas's return. Uh, should eat into, um, you know, Humphrey's target share as well. So he has multiple factors going against him tonight and he's dealing with a hip injury. So he might be limited due to that. Either way, I love this under, I'm, I'm projecting this closer to a 14 and a half, 15 and a half. Um, and in a market like this, four yards is massive. Each yard is probably worth 5%. So I think, you know, I would take this down probably 17 and a half, but I just think he has a really low floor tonight. And I love the under 19 and a half receiving yards. You know, the return of Curtis Samuel kind of, it, it makes it a little more uh, confusing, but I think Humphreys is the guy that, especially given the injury, uh, mm-hmm. is going to see less work. So, yeah, I like that one. And then for me, I'm going to go DeAndre Carter over 14 and a half receiving yards because Carter's a guy who I don't think will actually see much less playing time with Samuel back. Remember, they benched their rookie receiver, Diami Brown, uh, for DeAndre Carter. And even when Brown got hurt and then came back, 
uh, Carter remained in the lineup and he's playing well. He's gone over 14 and a half in five of the last seven games and uh, three straight. So uh, even with one or two catches here, I think Carter goes over and Curtis Samuel, they've already said he's going to be on a pitch count. He hasn't even cleared the 50% snap threshold. So even if he does eat into Carter a little bit, uh, I think Carter's good to go over this number here. All right. That is going to do it for our prize pick elite entry for today. As a recap, Sean is going with Adam Humphreys under 19 and a half receiving yards. And I'm going DeAndre Carter over 14 and a half receiving yards as a reminder prize picks markets do move so you want to get on it fast in order to lock in the best numbers if you haven't created a prize picks account yet check out the link in our episode description and they will match your first deposit up to $100 or you can visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code action 10 all right now back to the show all right, and now joining us for our waiver portion of the show, Samantha Praviti from the Action Network. Samantha, hope you had a good holiday. How's it going? I had a lovely holiday. Thank you so much. Ate way too much and enjoyed the football. I even enjoyed Bears-Lions. Let's get into uh, quarterbacks. And Samantha, I'll start with you. Cam Newton's on by. Aaron Rodgers is on by. Um, we also have a couple other teams, the Titans, the, the Browns, which I don't think anyone's starting Tannehill anymore, and they were never starting Mayfield. But when you look at the kind of streamer landscape uh, for this week, the who you who's your kind of top priority ad here? It's pretty lean week. Uh, I mean, Mac Jones obviously stands out at 38% rostered coming off of his best game of the year. He was near perfect against the Titans. It's a little tough because I just feel like they do lean a lot on the run game. And even in games where they do blow out teams, he doesn't put up a ton of fantasy points and they are playing Buffalo this, this week, but uh, Buffalo's defense has looked a little bit more exploitable recently, especially with Tredavious White out. Taysom Hill could possibly be an interesting ad at 5%. We saw that he is getting First team reps over Trevor Simeon. So maybe that uh, Trevor Simeon experiment is over in uh, New Orleans. So we'll see. I think, you know, obviously the rushing gives him a high floor. And then Justin Fields at 21% rostered. It looks like he could play in week 13. So if you are really looking for someone out there on the waiver wire, he is just 21% rostered and maybe worth an ad. Yeah, Sean, I think the name that really caught my attention uh, that Samantha mentioned was Taysom Hill. Uh, If he does get the nod here, I mean, it's it's a short week for most of the NFL, but not for the Saints because they also played on Thursday. Um, Is he kind of your number one uh, quarterback streamer for this week? Oh, yeah, for sure. If Taysom Hill is starting, absolutely, like, low and QB1 upside just because his rushing ability. Um, So, yeah, if he's announced as a starter – Definitely use him, um, especially against the Cowboys. Great matchup for him. Um, and, you know, you mentioned Cam Newton's on bye this week, and I, I just want to ask you, does he even matter? Uh, can we trust him? Hey. Uh, after last week, what the hell is that? So- a QBR of five. I could do a little victory lap on that one because we, we wrote up our little sell highs in fantasy. Oh, and yeah. my quarterback was Cam Newton. I said, hey, like, when everyone – when the hype was on Cam Newton, it was like he has, like, Miami who's playing better than a bye. Like, it might never be better to sell Cam Newton than after, like, even before he had the good game against uh, – what was it, Washington? Washington. like yeah. you know what I mean because like the rest of the way I think he has a uh with one other good matchup that you might want to start him and so ouch yeah that was I mean that yeah. was disappointing though because uh I had the I had the under and he, he went five of 21 and the under still didn't hit so <laughs> just, it's one of those but yeah it's it yeah. probably 
I would say the you answer think is PJ Walker not. starts after the bye. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> right. It's probably a toss up at this point. If they have somebody else there that they can strike. I'm, I'm tired of all of these people. <laughs> yeah. Like, where's Will yeah. Greer? Can we get him oh, back from Matt, the Cowboys? Matt, Matt Barkley. Oh, yeah. yeah. Barkley. Give him a start. Either way, it, this is a rough week for streamers, as Samantha mentioned. Um, you know, all of the top 12 in my initial rankings are um, rostered in over 85% of leagues. So the next best bet is Heineke, um, which I'm considering tonight sort of his audition uh, to be my streamer next week. He has some upside, especially if Curtis Samuel looks like he's closer to 100%. He, he gets back Logan Thomas. Uh, he has that rushing upside we like. So I think Tyler Heineke will be my streamer uh, next week if he looks good tonight. Um, you know, farther down, Justin Fields kind of he scares me this week just because, you know, coming back from that rib injury, I don't know if we're going to see him rush, you know, seven, eight times this week. They might try to protect him. So I might be cautious with him, especially a tougher matchup against the Cardinals. Um, and then Tua, you know, Tua is kind of like a high four play, but he he has a low ceiling right now. The Dolphins are, you know, rolling. They're on a four game win streak. You know, they're leaning on their defense and run game. So I like Tua, but he, he's a guy that I don't think has a high ceiling. So. Right now, it's uh, Heineke for me. Yeah, I, I think you always got to kind of lean toward those guys with the, with the rushing ability. I was impressed with Tua because I have a lot of respect for that Panther mm-hmm. defense. And for him to go, what was it, 26 of 29? I think he's a guy that, you know, for people that maybe have like a like a like everything wrapped up, like maybe a like an ad, because if he's going to play like that against the Panthers, I mean, he might just be having one of those crazy finishes to the year. The Dolphins have keep, keep winning. So um, he, he's an intriguing guy. What about a... Any thoughts on Daniel Jones? I know that, you know, they didn't do much on offense with a couple of his guys hurt, but let's say Shepard and Tony come back. Uh, you have no Jason Garrett anymore. Uh, any interest in Daniel Jones against that Dolphins defense, or it's like that him, them shutting down Cam Newton kind of spooked you guys. No, I, I like uh, Daniel Jones. If, if let, let's just put it this way, if Shepard and Tony return, you know, he'll be a high end QB uh, two for me. Yeah, not too too much interest unless he has a a, a better slate of uh, a better complement of weapons out there. Uh, yeah, Miami's defense maybe scares me a little bit, but it's not like Cam Newton is some kind of gifted passer at this advanced <laughs> stage in his career. So uh, obviously, take all of that with a grain of salt. Yeah, I mean, just like the week over week though, like from go like twenty one to twenty seven against Washington to five of twenty one. Wow. Okay. Let's move on to running back because there is a lot going on here at the running back position. Uh, Christian McCaffrey but on by and looks like he's hurt as well. Uh, then, you know, Nick Chubb, uh, he's on by. You got the Packers backs, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon on by. And, you know, just when if you got something out of Deontay Foreman or John Sherrill Hillier, those guys are on by too. Uh, so, Sean, I mean, just, uh, uh, you know, a lot of, lot of guys out here that people need to replace that they might have been using these last few weeks. Uh, who are you looking at here at, at the running back position? I know we have a couple of options. Yeah, this is a great week um, for running backs. And, you know, it starts with Alexander Madison. Um, he is the top ad this week. He's uh, my running back six this week uh, against the Lions. So if you need to win this week, um, absolutely, you know, use your number one waiver, um, bid all your fab. Uh, to get Madison uh, should be a top 10 running back as long as Dalvin is out. And it seems like Dalvin will miss, you know, a couple games. Uh, so Madison's the top ad for me. And then Jamal Williams uh, is another good ad. He's more of a cheaper version of Madison uh, for the next game or two. I, I think Swift 
will probably miss, uh, you know, one or two games with the shoulder injury. So I love Jamal Williams. He'll be a, you know, low end RB two as long as Swift is out. Uh, and then Dontrell Hilliard, I kind of have mixed feelings about him because I, I loved him heading into last week, but it was kind of fluky. You mentioned it, Raybon, that, you know, both Hilliard and Foreman rushed for over 100 yards. Um, but Hilliard only got one catch for two yards. So um, I'd be a little bit nervous once uh, Jeremy McNichols returns that he could eat into Hilliard's role. So, uh, you know, I'm a bit cautious when it comes to, to bidding on Hilliard, Hilliard this week, but he's probably the best long-term option out of these top three. Um, and then, you know, CMC's out you know, for the rest of the season. So I think Chuba Hubbard and even Amir Abdullah uh, are must adds right now. Um, and I, I'm worried that Abdullah will probably eat in to Hubbard's uh, receiving role a bit. So this could be closer to 50-50 timeshare than I think people realize. Uh, but I think both of those uh, need to be rostered now that CMC is done for the season. Yeah, it's interesting because I think there's going to be this kind of split of you know, managers who need a guy right now for this week. And then you might be able to get some of those guys that are on by because you have Hilliard, you have Foreman, you have uh, Chuba Hubbard, you have Amir Abdul, like four different running backs that could conceivably get enough of a workload to start. And you might get a, a discount because everyone's kind of scrambling over Madison if he's not rostered and, and a guy like Jamal Williams. So, yeah, Samantha, how are you navigating this, uh, this crazy running back week here? Yeah, to your point, uh, there are definitely some guys that you should be targeting if you are looking forward to the fantasy playoffs already, looking to sort of fortify your roster. So that would be Chuba Hubbard. And I, I don't even know really what to make of this Frankenstein backfield in Tennessee. Like, I feel like there's obviously going to be a lot of rushing because they have no receivers left, but I don't know how to really, uh, what to really make of it, especially when McNichols comes back. Now he's obviously someone that's more involved in the passing game. So I, I guess like I would put a little bit more emphasis on Foreman just because he saw more carries um, than Hilliard, but those are guys that you could probably scoop up for a discount, like you said. And then, um, you know, Jamal Williams will be the top ad, I think, um, for this week outside of Madison. Madison is just slightly over the 50% mark. Um, but yeah, he's definitely, you should definitely check if he is available. Jamar Jefferson in deeper leagues, maybe at 0% rostered on Yahoo. Um, the Jets backfield kind of messy. Um, but maybe if you need a warm body, Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman at 40% and 18% rostered, uh, Matt Breida, uh, yes. <laughs> what is going on in Buffalo? Obviously Zach Moss is on an ice flow somewhere, but Matt Breida at 23% scored for the third time in three games, um, has apparently leapfrogged Moss in that backfield. So he's someone that I might keep my eye on. And then, the Eagles also another messy backfield. Boston Scott saw 15 carries for 64 yards and a touchdown over Miles Sanders. So that was interesting, I guess. So those are all guys that I guess you can uh, you can definitely look at. But there seem to be like a top few guys and then like a bunch of scrubs. Yeah, we should actually we should spend some time talking about because there's a few guys that we didn't even get to that. I'm glad you brought up Samantha. Matt Breida, you know, I love one of the things I love to do to kind of get some intel is, is really dive into the team, you know, beat reports. And that was something you could see coming a few weeks ago when Buffalo, you know, I think it was after they had that weird loss to Jacksonville and no one knew what was going on with their offense. They kind of identified that they needed to get the run game going and that Breida was going to be active and kind of get that opportunity. So I don't think this is like a one off or two off or now it's like a three off because I guess he scored in three straight but uh yeah i think you're gonna see Brita weed the backfield for the rest of the season now it's still buffalo so that's 
like that's just kind of like okay Devin Singletary or or, or Zach Moss to begin with except it's I, I would think it's going to be more like the Singletary role because Moss was the guy you know the power back that if they were you know expected to have a positive game script you could trust him so yeah I mean Sean any thoughts on on Brita here because um, it does look like he's probably going to weed the way uh, for, for Buffalo. Yeah, this is tricky because th- this Bills backfield is always a headache. So I'm kind of like letting other people uh, deal with this. Uh, who knows? Like Zach Moss could get back into the coaching staff, good graces or something and start again. So Brita is the short term ad. But either way, this is really murky uh, as you don't like investing in this backfield. If anything, you know, Singletary might be a guy that might provide, you know, low end RB2 value. If you're dumpster diving and you have like no fab to bid on like Alexander Madison or Jamal Williams, uh, sure. Go for Matt Breida, uh, even Boston Scott, you know, he has upside this week. If Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard are ruled out, you know, he'd be an RB too. Um, so, you know, if you don't have much fab or anything like that, uh, yeah, Breida and Scott would be the, the top two ads in my opinion. I wanted to go back to the, like the Foreman Hilliard thing. Cause I, I was watching that game and, I'm looking at the play-by-play now. It's kind of confirming what I thought, but Foreman got like eight carries of the last nine running back carries. And then Kari Blossom game, the fullback got three to end the game. Most of those came with the game out of hand, almost like they were trying to give everyone but Hilliard carries. So I wonder if after that big run in the first half, if they've kind of settled on him as more of their lead back. And the, you know, the reason Foreman ended with more carries, because like once the game got out of hand, they didn't even throw it anymore. They just, they were just handing it off Hilliard maybe the guy going forward. And remember, McNichols never really got a lot of carries. Like, uh, I, re- I remember betting on his, like, rushing under 11 yards on Convince Me because this guy would just never get carries. So uh, I think Hilliard is is going to be the guy there. I think Breida is going to be the guy in Buffalo. Uh, and in Houston is another one we didn't talk about. Is, this re- is it time to add Rex Burkhead? Is it – you know, he got another 15 touches. Uh, David Johnson, uh, I mean, he's, he's probably floating out there. Uh, Samantha, any thoughts on that Houston backfield? I like what Sean said about Matt Breida. I might let that be someone else's problem. But, you know, to, to your to your point, uh, if there are people out there with not a ton of fab left and can't compete for Jamal Williams, I wouldn't hate it. But I also just don't really trust that offense. And it's, it's just a, it's been a messy backfield for the whole season. So not a ton of interest there. You know, you know, like 2.7 yards per carry for. Oh, wow. That's a sexy <laughs> stat line. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, but there, there are some options is, is my point. So hopefully you're able to pick up someone here, uh, a wide receiver, uh, DJ Moore is on by Jarvis Landry, Devonte Adams, of course, AJ Brown got hurt obviously. And uh, before he went on by, but uh, some big names to replace uh, Sean, who are you looking at if you need a, a receiver to add this week? Well, I, I hinted at this last week, but, um, you know, I said Josh Reynolds has a path to become the Lions' number one wide receiver. Um, you know, back in week 11, he ran uh, 90% routes run, uh, but that was Tim Boyle at quarterback. So he, he came in with zero catches in that game, but he looked a lot better with Jared Goff under center. And we have to remember, these two played uh, for a few seasons with the Rams. So he already has chemistry with golf. So I, I like Josh Reynolds. Um, you know, if you're dumpster diving at wide receiver, he could be, you know, like a low end wide receiver four going forward. So if you need help, um, he's worth an ad. And then Deshaun Jackson, like he's the ultimate, you know, high upside guy. If, if you're a huge underdog in a matchup, uh, I love throwing out a guy like Deshaun Jackson or Marquez Valdez Scantling just to go for that ceiling. You know, he has a really low floor, 
Um, but you can't deny that Deshaun Jackson has a seven-yard touchdown waiting to happen every week. So uh, I like adding uh, Jackson just as kind of like a high upside weapon. Uh, Samantha, what about you? Which receivers uh, are you looking at if you need to replace some of those big names here? Yeah, I just saw that Rondell Moore is only 22% rostered. So he's a guy that maybe people dropped over the bye, but he previously had like before the buy had 11 targets, um, 11 catches for 51 yards. So that is certainly encouraging. Don't know what DeAndre Hopkins status is coming out of the buy, but we'll, we'll see um, with the injury reports there. Kendrick Bourne at 23% rostered. He popped off on my bench, which was very nice of him. <laughs> two touchdowns in week 12. He's had two 20, 20 plus point games in three weeks. Buffalo next week in the bye, but like I said, with Tredavious White, they are a little bit less fearsome there. Russell Gage at 17% rostered uh, could be interesting, especially with there's not being a lot of signs of Calvin Ridley coming back anytime soon. Um, Van Jefferson, he's just, yeah, just yeah. sneaks under that um, 50% threshold. He's 49% rostered right now, nine targets, three catches for 93 yards and a touchdown, and he gets Jacksonville next week. So those are definitely names that I'm interested in. Deshaun Jackson also, I mean, if if you want to roll the dice for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think Van Jefferson's really the guy that stands out for me because he's we've seen this in – in LA, it's it's gonna be that one-one personnel, especially because the other tight end, other backup tight ends are hurt. So you're gonna see Jefferson and Cup and, and Beckham get pretty much all the snaps. And we saw it against Green Bay. I think they all had like nine, 10 targets or something like that. So or in like 90 yards. So it's gonna be a, a, a kind of the, the Van Jefferson show, I think, to close out the year along with those other two guys and Higby. So so love Jefferson. Uh, if he's still available in your league, which he there's a one in two chance he is, make sure you pick him up. Uh, and then tight end for tight end, Dan Arnold's finally done. So we can't even mention him anymore. Uh, I just uh, went out Rest pretty ugly. Pouring yeah. out for Dan Arnold. Right. Yeah. 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 It was an ugly way to go out. You know, I think uh, two straight games with not really anything to show for it. But Samantha, if you need to add a tight end for this week, uh, who are you looking at? It is really lean uh, tight end this week uh you're better off trying to get one of the the running backs or wide receivers i think um in terms of fab but uh if you really need someone cole Komet at 24 percent rostered he had caught eight of 11 targets for 65 yards last week so and they could get justin fields back i'm not sure how much of an upgrade that is for him but he is someone that i definitely kept my eye on throughout this season um tyler conklin very unimpressive the last two weeks but he does get Detroit this week so that's he's 33% rostered could be a streaming option and then I don't know how much you trust Jack Doyle but he obviously popped off this last week and his targets have been increasing he has at least five targets in each of the last three games caught six of seven this week for 81 yards so he is widely available at one percent rostered Sean we were gonna add tight end yeah, I like Cole Komet. If you're like a big favorite this week and you need, you know, a bi-week replacement or something, Cole Komet has a really high floor. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, he doesn't really have that high of a ceiling because he's yet to score a touchdown this year. Uh, they typically, you know, defer to Jimmy Graham when they get to the red zone, which is kind of annoying. But, you know, he's a good bet for, you know, four or five catches potentially. So I like Komet. Um, Foster Moreau is an interesting ad just yeah. to see what happens with Darren Waller. I, I'm assuming Waller will be able to play. But if not, Moreau has, you know, low end tight end one upside. So uh, stash him if, if you're kind of desperate and you need, uh, you know, higher upside than a guy like Cole Komet. Um, and then James O'Shaughnessy, I mean, he's replacing our boy Dan Arnold. So 
you know, it's he's worth rolling the dice on. You know, the, the Jaguars are pretty thin at pass catchers right now. So Shaughnessy, I mean, he opened the season as a starter. Um, so he should reclaim that role. And, you know, he could be a good bet for three or four catches. Um, so uh, those people like me that had were leaning on Dan Arnold the past couple of games uh, need somebody. Uh, O'Shaughnessy's uh, a good backup plan. Um, and then, you know, Jack Doyle, he, he was Carson Wentz's go-to uh, weapon yesterday. So, you know, Jack Doyle's sneaky. But just when it, when it comes to these Colts tight ends, they rotate them so much, it's hard to trust them. But uh, for now, I think Jack Doyle uh, offers, you know, tight end two kind of upside. No love for Juwan Johnson. Oh my God. No, no, <laughs> sorry. I'm off. I'm off the Juwan Johnson train. I had that, that bet uh, for uh, 20 to one that he would score the first touchdown for the saints. He was on the field running routes. Just uh, I don't even think he saw a target. Uh, so no, I'm, I'm out. I gave Juwan Johnson uh, a, a one game chance uh, and he failed. So he, I'm off. He'll, he'll score two touchdowns. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Your point yeah. about the, the banged up Jacksonville pass catchers. I'm curious if you guys have any, interest in Ducks, LaVisca Chenault or Laquan Treadwell? Chenault, yeah. I mean, Chenault yeah. is, I, I saw him, he's a little bit under that 50% thread, uh, threshold, which, I mean, that's, it's crazy how far he's fallen. But yeah, I think he's the guy. They even talked about getting him more involved in the run game, which they didn't. But we've seen them kind of use those gadget guys before, like Agnew. So I think Chenault, for me, Laquan Treadwell is just like a stone-footed, like, nah, I don't want any part of that. Uh, what about you, Sean? Yeah, I love uh, Chanel and Van Jefferson. I guess when I was recommending uh, Josh Reynolds earlier, I'm assuming guys like Van Jefferson and LaVisca Chanel are already taken in your league. So if they're available, by all means, add them. But I, I do like Chanel's upside now that, you know, Jamal Agnew's out of the equation, like they're going to have to use him more. Uh, I don't think he scored a touchdown yet this season. So he's more of a high floor guy where you can bank on potentially five to six catches a game going forward if they use him correctly i've always said he's he kind of reminds me of you know alvin Kamara if he decided to bulk up and play receiver um you know he's that talented and you know urban meyer hasn't really tapped into that yet but he could eventually so i, I like kind of stashing chenault uh in deeper leagues yeah i mean jackson only has nine passing touchdowns so not a lot of <sighs> touchdowns to go around yeah I've, I've been watching a lot of jags game trevor lawrence has not looked great just yeah, put I, it out there. yeah. I mean, the, the top of that quarterback, I mean, outside of Mac Jones, I mean, you know, yeah. it's, I mean, Zach Wilson, not looking good either. So Ugh, yeah. <laughs> All right. That is going to wrap it up for our waiver segment here on the fantasy flex week 13 podcast presented by prize picks. Samantha, thank you for joining us and let the people know where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Samantha NFL and then all of my written work on actionnetwork.com. And then also I am on this podcast every uh, Monday, then Tuesday and Thursday. Yes. This week I interviewed Nick Costos, who is hilarious. So that was a really fun one. So I hope you guys can tune in. All right. And you guys can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore odds maker. You can find me at Chris Raybon. Uh, you can find us at those same handles in the free award winning Action Network app. You can find our fantasy content rankings and projections at actionnetwork.com and our DFS content tools models at fantasylabs.com. Until next time, let's get this money. <laughs>